the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With today's broadcast, we come to the end of a week, and we begin the wind-down of our series, Man's Free Will. Join us as we take a look once again at the issue of free will when it comes to salvation, next, here on Abounding Grace. I'm sure you've heard the saying before. You may have even used it a time or two yourself. God is a gentleman and would never invade one's soul. He has given man free will. Well, is that indeed true? Is that something that is backed up by Scripture? Well, that's what we're looking at here on Abounding Grace as we continue with our series called Man's Free Will. We're in part three of our series today. Please join us as we close out the week looking once again at man's free will. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Pastor Gary Wagner with this edition of Abounding Grace. We're going to read from Mark 7, and I'm going to actually read verses 18 through 23. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All, of, all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Let us pray for God's blessing on his preached word. Father God, we come to you because you have taught us to live by every word that comes out of your mouth. We thank you for not leaving us in our darkness and our confusion and our abysmal ignorance. We thank you for not leaving us to our own reason and our own observation. We thank you for coming to us, giving yourself to us, revealing yourself to us and your will to us in your word. Oh, please give us open and believing minds and hearts to receive it. For Christ's sake, amen. This is the third Sunday now that we've been talking about the subject of free will. And the reason we have spent so much time on the subject is actually twofold. Number one, we have been going through the book of Genesis and we have been talking a great deal about the creation of Adam. So now it's logical that we would talk about what it means to be created in the image of God. And the second reason why we have spent so much time on man's free will is because it is one of the most confused and misunderstood subjects from a Christian perspective. 
In this modern world, everyone seems to cherish free will. They get truly sensitive. If in any way, shape, or form you deny or negate or compromise or twist their understanding of their own free will. Free will seems to be the most precious thing that modern man believes. He'll even die in defense of it. It's one of the most controversial subjects there is in modern world. In fact, probably in the history of mankind. And also, it is one of those distinctive doctrines that most clearly differentiates biblical Reformed Christianity from all other religions and all other synthetic versions of Christianity. So now, let me review the last couple of weeks. And for those of you who are visitors with us today, this is not just some theological treatise on volition. This is a very practical, personal sermon about you. Because it's about all the choices you have made in the past and that you will make in the future. It considers why you make the choices that you do. Why you make the decisions that you do. And we saw the first Sunday we looked at free will. That the Bible is clear that everyone has a will. We see this in scripture and We see it confirmed in our own activities and our own behaviors. We all have choices. We decide and choose whatever we want to. Now, we don't always have the power to carry out our choices, but we have obvious freedom and natural liberty to choose whatever we want to choose or whatever we decide to do. We saw that one of the basic teachings from the Word of God concerning free will is that the will is not autonomous, it is not separate, it's not off by itself. It is under the influence of our hearts. The will does that what the heart tells it to do. And the heart is the core of a man. It is his basic religious commitments and moral values his perspectives on life. It is what he is at the deepest level of his life. That is a man's heart. And the will is the activity of the heart. The heart wills, the heart chooses, the heart decides, the heart prefers, the heart plans, so that the nature of your heart, whatever you, the makeup of your heart is, that will influence and determine the choices and the decisions you make and the desires that you have. And you cannot escape it. Your heart colors and determines and influences everything about you. And if you remember, I read on previous Sundays certain passages where Jesus said, That a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. An apple tree, of course, cannot produce pears, and a pear tree cannot produce apples. In other words, it is not the environment that makes you. It does not make you who you are. It does not force you to do what you do or to make the decisions that you make. 
That is not what makes you what you are. It is the heart, the core of your being, the very root of your being. Out of the heart proceeds the various issues of life, Scripture tells us. It is not what goes into you that corrupts you. And you are not coerced. Something that someone told me one time that I did not like then and I do not like now, but it is true, and that is you always do what you want to do. Think about it. You get angry with someone No one coerced you to. No one made you mad. You got mad and raised your voice because you wanted to. Because that is the nature of your heart. Your heart determines what you want. It is not environmental pressures. It's not even some kind of biological determination within you. You are a man or a woman created in the image of God and you have a will and a responsibility and accountability before God for making your choices, for making your decisions. And your heart determines the direction of all of those choices and all of those decisions. The next thing we saw was the origin of the human will. Why do we have a human will? Is it because you naturally evolve from some lower form of life into your present status? Of course not. You have a free will, as it were, because of the will of God. Before the beginning of time, God willed that man would be created in his image, that man would be accountable before God for all of his actions... He would not be a puppet. He would not be an automaton. That by virtue of the fact that he was, that man was made in the image of God, man would have the natural ability to choose and to act and to make his own decisions. God predestined for it to be that way. God decreed it to be so. You have a will because God willed it. And you will always be accountable for your actions throughout all eternity because of the will of God. Remember, the will of God is the most ultimate thing in all of the universe. It's not the will of man. There are all kinds of things that happen to you in your life as we have seen over the past few weeks. Not because you have willed it or because you have chosen it but because God has willed it for your life. You didn't choose to be born, right? God willed it. And and you may choose to live when it comes time for you to die, but when your time comes as God has willed, you will die no matter what you will. Your skin is the color it is, not because you chose it to be so, but because God willed it. You are male or female because God willed it. Bruce Jenner, whether he has transformed himself one way or another or not, is still 
a man. He is not a woman. God willed it for him to be a man. The most important issues in life do not result from your will, but from the will of God. And the will of God is the origin of your will. And it controls you, and it controls everything else in the universe. I beg of you not to be like the fools who shake their puny fists in the face of God and say, I am the master of my own soul. I am the captain of my own destiny. I am the sovereign of my life. No, beloved, only fools think like that. There is only one sovereign. There is only one master of men. And beloved, it is not you. Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But it is not you. It is a sovereign God. And whenever we talk about human will, we must talk about it in terms of its origin. The ultimate sovereign will of God. You have a will because God willed it. And you are continually accountable before God. Your will is under the will of God, and yet at the same time, you have the freedom to choose. We saw last week that there are four stages of human nature from the beginning of the world to the end of the world, which helps us to understand the makeup of the human will and our desires and our inner psyche when we grasp what the human will of man is in these four stages of human development. I told you the best book on the subject was written about 350 years ago by Thomas Boston. Now, I think last week I told you Thomas Watson. But it is not Thomas Watson. It is Thomas Boston. And you can actually still purchase this book, but it's only in paperback today unless you can get it from an antiquarian bookstore. But it's titled The Fourfold State of the Human Nature. And I highly recommend this book. The first stage of man's nature in the history of mankind was that period from the creation of Adam to his fall when Adam and Eve uh, made up the entire human race and they were perfect with no sin in their life. That is the first phase from the creation of man to the fall of man into sin. The second stage of human nature is the stage from the fall of man into sin when Adam and Eve fell into sin until a person's conversion. The third stage is after a person is converted to Christ to his death. And then the fourth stage in the history of human nature is the period of human existence after death in heaven in the very presence of God. Your inner life and the nature of your will and your freedom before God is different after death than it is now. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And it is important that we understand all four of these stages. So first, how did God create Adam and Eve? God created Adam and Eve with a natural liberty to choose good and to choose to serve God. And the ability to do so although they at the same time had the capability of choosing and doing evil, and they did choose evil. They could choose good or evil any time they wanted to. Now, the problem is, 
when a person today talks about free will, that is what he assumes about himself. He believes he is in the same situation Adam was before the fall. I have a will, and I can choose, choose to do good or evil any time I want to. I can choose to serve God any time I want. I can choose to serve Satan any time I take a notion. And I can choose to become a Christian any time I have a will to do so. Because my will is the same as the way God created Adam's will in the first place. Well, as you have learned over the last couple of weeks, that certainly is not true. Because there is one thing a person who says that has forgotten. And that is, we are not as God made us any longer. Sin has entered the world. Sin has just fouled everything up. It has messed up our hearts. And though Adam and Eve had the liberty and the ability to choose to serve God anytime they wanted, when they ate of the tree of forbidden fruit, God said, that day you eat, you will die. Well... We all know they went on to live about another, physically anyway, for about another 900 years. But spiritually, they did die that day just as God said. And though they still had the freedom to choose God, they no longer wanted to choose God. Their hearts had been changed by that sin. The desire they had for God that they were created with was gone. And now they had only the desire to serve evil. And this was passed down through their posterity. In fact, David said in Psalm 51, I was conceived in my sin. I was conceived a sinner. So we don't become a sinner at some age of accountability. We are born sinners inheriting a desire to sin against God from our parents and grandparents all the way back to Adam, just as we inherit physical characteristics. So as a result, we are not like God first created man. We are not born with the natural ability to choose good or evil whenever we want. And we will never choose to serve God in the condition we are in now, if left to ourselves. The Bible says that there are two phrases that describe man in this fallen condition as an unconverted man, and that is total depravity and total inability. Every aspect of the fallen man's life before his conversion is defective, it is corrupted and polluted by sin. His intellect, his being... His personality, his character, his body, every aspect of his life is corrupted by this desire to rebel against God. And this desire to rebel against God produces spiritual death and chains man down to sinful passions of the heart from which he cannot free himself. So the Bible describes someone who is not yet a Christian, fallen and not yet converted, as someone who is a slave to sin, a slave to Satan. He is dead in sin. And now the complete desire of his heart is to rebel against God and to love himself. And if you remember, I quoted Jesus last week who said, The unconverted man loves darkness and he hates the light. Now, those are strong verbs. 
Love and hate are the strongest things an individual can do. And those great, strong motives of the heart are totally twisted and perverted in this stage of man. Now, the person that has fallen hates the very things he should love and loves the very things that he should hate. And that is the driving motive and the nature of his heart. An unbeliever will never in a million years choose to serve God of his own free will and to choose to become a Christian and to love the Lord Jesus Christ. God has got to help him in some way. Now, don't misunderstand me. Although there are four phases of human nature throughout the history of mankind, which are before the fall, after the fall and before conversion, after conversion and before death, and after death, there is one thing that can be said of the will in each one of those stages. No matter whether you are Adam, no matter whether you are unconverted and a lost sinner right now, or whether you are a Christian, or whether you are dead, you always choose what you want to choose. No one coerces you. No one makes you. No one pushes you in a certain direction. You choose what you want to choose, and what your heart tells you to choose. Adam and Eve did what their heart told them to do. A Christian does what his heart tells him to do, because... He has been given a new heart to do that which is good. A person fallen and not yet a Christian does what his heart tells him to do, and his heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Scripture tells us. In fact, no one can really plumb the depths of the wickedness of the human heart. The state of the heart determines all of our actions, and you always, always do what your heart tells you to do. And if you are not yet a Christian, your heart will tell you to always sin, and it will never tell you to surrender your life to Jesus and to love Him with all your heart on its own. So the person that is unconverted has the freedom to choose Christ anytime he wants, but he doesn't have the ability nor the desire to do it. He can't, and he won't. Because he is in rebellion against God, and he enjoys that rebellion against God. Now, that's what God says about the human heart. And if you were here last Sunday, you remember that I gave verse after verse throughout Scripture to prove the point. Now, I know all of this flies in the face of modern psychiatry, and I'm not sorry for that. I know it flies in the face of modern psychology. I know it flies in the face of what you probably learned in college, of how we are basically good, but because of all of our environmental influences, like my parents didn't taught, potty train me right, or, you know, I'm an alcoholic because my father was an alcoholic, or I'm uh, OCD because, you know, I had a hard childhood. I've been corrupted. Well, I, I know all these things you've learned because I learned the very same things. But none of those things coordinate with God's assessment of the human psyche. God's assessment, God's revelation of the human heart is that it is in rebellion against God and that it cannot convert itself. Oh, it may change superficial little habits. You may choose to quit chain smoking, quit 
cursing so much, stop overeating, you know, all these types of things. But the changes that are most important at the deepest levels of human existence, a man left to himself cannot change. And the Bible's way of saying it is, he can no more change on his own the state of his heart as a leopard can change his spots or an Ethiopian the color of his skin. It cannot be done. You cannot rehabilitate yourself. Some psychiatrist cannot help you sufficiently to change those deep-level problems you have in your life, of which all the daily difficulties you have are but mere symptoms. No one can change your heart. But there is help for you in God, because whereas with man it is impossible, with God all things are possible. And that is Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. As we close out our time today, I'd leave you with our address, phone number, and our website, 408-866-07. Or visit our website and leave us an email, reformedheritage.org. And we also have past messages available, uh, an extensive library of audio that you can tap into at any time for free, right there at our website, again, reformedheritage.org. If you'd rather write to us, the address is Abounding Grace, PMB 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That is here in Los Gatos. The zip code is 95032. Normally, we'd invite you to join us for worship, but since we have been suspended because of the COVID-19 crisis, we invite you to visit our website instead and pick out a couple of recent messages that Pastor Gary has delivered here at Reformed Heritage Church. Again, reformedheritage.org. We'll also give you updates at that website as to when we return to normal worship. And you're always welcome to call us as well for that kind of information, 408-866-5607. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Music.